Welcome to the Start Over Coder podcast. I am the Start Over Coder, and I'm taking you along on my quest, taking up a new career as a professional developer and pursuing financial independence. Today, we are talking about financial independence again. It's a topic that I haven't discussed very much to date on the podcast, but it is such a big part of what I'm working towards and why I'm doing all of this that I am going to be talking about it for a few episodes. This is the second in the series, and next week we'll wrap up with the third. But I am just sharing a bit about what I've learned about financial independence and how to really wrap your head around it if it's something that's kind of a newer topic to you. So last week, I gave a bit of background about what I was doing before I discovered financial independence. And basically, that was accepting that debt is just a given in life, spending pretty much everything that I earned. And if I earned more, that just meant spending more. And just having an understanding that that's how it is. This is how life is. And that's how it's going to be for the rest of my life. And the reason why I was doing this, honestly, is because that's what everyone around me was doing. And I just didn't know any better. So to give me a little bit of credit, I did save a bit. For example, I am not one to turn away free money. So when I got a job that they said that they would match any contributions I made to a retirement plan, then yeah, so I did put away some savings for that. The match for the company at the time, if I remember correctly, was 3%, which I learned through, as I will explain in this episode, is not going to get you to financial independence or retirement at any kind of decent age. So not exactly ideal, but I was doing something. So I deserve a little bit of credit. But at a certain point, I did realize that what I was doing just wasn't enough and that it could be better. And so that is what today is all about. How can you actually get the information if you know that it's something that you should be starting to think about? How can you get that information and really start to apply it to your life? So I really think that comes in three parts. So the first part is getting an initial introduction in a way that really hits home and makes sense to you personally. The second step is taking a look then at how what you've just learned in that introduction applies to your own life. And then third step is getting a long-term plan in place and figuring out how you can implement what you've learned in your kind of day-to-day life going forward forever and how you can really optimize all of those decisions in your life, those financial decisions. So when I say this, I'm saying how you can do this, how you can do that. I am definitely not trying to tell you what to do. I'm really just going to explain how this has kind of happened for me and what I've learned along the way. And if you get something out of that, then that's great. So the first step, as I've said, was the initial introduction. And I think that really getting your first introduction to personal finance in general, unless it's something that, you know, if you're very lucky and it's something that has been a topic of discussion in your family or people around you are very tuned in to personal finance and how to manage one's own money, then that's really great. I think, well, definitely for me, but I think for a lot of people, that's not the norm. That is not at all what people tend to do. And that education, especially at a young age for a lot of people, I find is missing. And so when you're managing your own money and doing things on your own, then finding that initial introduction is the easiest thing to come by in the sense that the information is out there, but it's also really hard to stick because if it hasn't been something that you've grown up with or been aware of as you were growing up, then you may not even know to pay attention to it. And that is definitely the position that I found myself in. And by the way, that's not to say that it really hadn't been thrown in my face before. So to give a perfect example, 
I really got into personal finances in April last year. It's February now, so not just about a year ago. But what I realized is that I had actually taken a whole semester class in college about personal finance, and the only so a semester is probably the school I went to. I think that must have been at least three or four months, probably four months, just studying the topic of personal finance. And the only reason I remember this is because last summer. After I had rediscovered it and kind of been doing a lot of studies on my own, I was at my mom's house in the basement, going through some of the things that I have stored there, and I found the textbook from that class. And along with the textbook was a workbook which had my writing in it of how I had kind of figured out all of these things about budgeting and investing, and we had kind of gone through all of these things step by step. In this class that I take in maybe I don't know at least ten years ago, so I learned it. But it, even then, it didn't stick. Even in you know that college classroom setting, because at the time I probably just felt like it didn't apply to me now. I'm really just in survival mode. I need to get a job. I need to make sure that I can, you know, support myself、uh, living on my own for the first time outside of school. So the messages just weren't sinking in, and I'm sure that's just one time that it was kind of given to me that it just it didn't sink in. So having that first introduction for you, it may have happened. It may still have yet to happen. It may be this podcast series, but. You know, even if it's not, don't worry because yes, it can take a few times for it to kind of be thrown in your face before maybe it'll really sink in and you start taking action. So as long as you have some awareness that okay, yes, at some point I can figure out how to do all of these things, then I'd say you're in a pretty good position. If you're at that point now where you're ready to jump into it, then getting some kind of introduction really is the first step. And for me. That was a book called *The Four Pillars of Investing* by William Bernstein. Now, I would love to say that I just one day woke up and said, "I'm going to learn about investing because it's time for me to get my life together financially." That's not what happened. I got an email from Amazon, who sends out Kindle daily deals, and this book was listed for a dollar ninety nine, and I thought. Yeah, investing. That sounds like something I should know about. So I got the book. I had my Kindle. I have a really old Kindle that back in the day they could still read to you any book. So I had it read it to me, literally as lazy as I could be with this、um, knowledge gathering. And so I had it read to me while I was doing dishes and. The amazing thing that happened in having this book read to me is that it was just so clear. How easy it is to manage your own finances and manage your own investments. Which before I have to admit, you know, I knew it was a good idea. I'd even bought some individual stocks at some point, thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna get so rich on the stock market."、Uh, but I didn't know what I was doing at all. And so having the information from this book really just clarified everything for me, and most importantly, made me see, "Oh, it's really actually not that complicated. Like I can do it myself. I don't need outside help. Yes, I can get guidance and advice." But I don't need to have a financial planner to do this. I don't need to have, you know, somebody huge on Wall Street to help me do this. I can do it myself because I understand the basic principles, and that's what this book taught me. And so, to give a brief recap of the book, it basically. Talks about the different types of investments that exist. So whether that's individual stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, real estate, etc. But kind of explains what each of them are, and then also how you want to set up an asset allocation or how you want to split up your ownership of each of those types of investments so that you have a balanced and diversified portfolio. 
And in the book, he gives kind of a basic portfolio that could apply to anybody, but then he also talks a little bit about how you might want to make changes depending on your own life situation, your age, uh, your marital status, your location, all of those things. So you can then take the information that's there, but then also apply it to you personally. The book also gives some historical analysis of the stock market over time. And the big lesson there is that, like I said, you don't need a quote professional. Well, they are professionals, so I'm not going to put it in quotes, but you don't have to have a professional to buy investments for you and do it well and still have success with your investments. And in fact, if you look at the historical performance of the stock market as a whole, and if you look at the historical performance of a lot of professionals, a lot of fund managers or hedge fund managers, and you take into account the fees that they charge for you to use their services, then actually just investing in the stock market full on by itself without the help of those professionals In the long run, you know, on average, people do better than if they use those actively traded funds. So that was a big lesson for me that I can do it myself. I don't have to pay a lot for someone's advice and professional services. And, you know, I really, in reading this book, just had the confidence to take a look then at my own investments, which were primarily work, you know, 401ks and work pension plans that I had and figure out how I could really optimize those. So those were the main lessons of the book. But the biggest benefit that I got was that once I had the confidence, I was able to then look at other resources as well, because there are so many out there and different resources will kind of be guided towards a different situation or maybe more approachable or maybe less approachable. I will say this book is very, it can be at times very analytical and very dense. So if it hadn't been read to me, I can't even say honestly that I would have gotten through some parts of it. But That said, there are loads of other resources out there and places that you can go for equally quality information if you've got the inkling to do so. So one of the first places that I went to after finishing this book is a forum online called the Bogleheads Forum, and it is a chat room, chat forum where people who are really big fans of, uh, I think, John Bogle or Jack Bogle, he's the founder of Vanguard and the person who really brought the whole idea of mutual funds to the American financial market, Um, and his big thing that he goes for and instilled in Vanguard is having low cost index funds. So having index funds that buy into a huge majority of the entire stock market. So it's not necessarily picking certain sectors or certain, you know, big companies versus small companies. It's literally just buying the whole stock market so that you get the benefit of what that historical research shows that over the long term, just investing in the stock market as a whole will net you out better than if you have, you know, a financial advisor or an investor or stock picker doing things for you in an active fund. And in doing that, it's at a very, very low cost, very, very low fees. So you don't lose out money on the fees that you pay as well. So that was the Bogleheads Forum, and it's a really great community. I would highly recommend checking it out if you want to kind of get some advice and information from other people who are also, you know, there are some professionals in there who use the forums, but it's really mostly just normal people who have studied a lot, geeked out a lot about personal finance, and they're very open to answering questions. So it could be as simple as something like, you know, what TV should I buy or what car should I buy that's going to provide the best value over time to literally listing out all of the balances of every account that you have, 
your personal life situation and asking for advice on how you can optimize that. And people will take the time to give you really detailed, uh, really insightful responses too. So the Bogleheads Forum was a great resource for me and a place where I was able to connect with other people once I had been introduced to this whole topic. And then another thing that that led to was finding a meetup group in the area where I was living at the time. So I went and had a nice little picnic with a whole bunch of other people in my area who were interested in the same topic and kind of we could talk about these things and I could get advice about, you know, how does this apply to my situation? How can I optimize this or that? And so that was really great as well. And I think because it is money in general and personal finance is such a unspoken topic, it's really not something that most people are comfortable at all to speak about. Having other people that you can talk to, whether it's online on a forum or in person, it really can be very uplifting and inspiring and show you that actually I can do this. I can talk about it. It's not a big deal. And let me just put some focus on it. So the bottom line is once you have that initial introduction, whether it's a book, whether it's this podcast, whether it's a blog series, whatever it is, the main thing to take away is that once you feel like you've got the ability to put into practice whatever it is that you've learned and the confidence to take control over what you're doing, then the resources really are endless. So you can go anywhere from there. And so once you have that information and have done a little bit of reading from what those resources are, then it's about applying what you've learned to your situation. And that's step two. So you've got all of these little nuggets of knowledge. You have an idea about what is an optimal asset allocation and how you should get rid of any debt that you have and all of these things. But then this first step is really kind of taking a look at what you are all, you know, what your situation is that you're in the midst of. And I will fully admit that this may not be a pretty picture. There may be things that you really, really just don't want to see on a piece of paper. But in the long term, I think it's really beneficial because if you know where the problems are, then you can fix them, can't you? So some of the basic questions that you're going to want to answer in this stage and that I was really uh, interested to answer myself when I once I had all of this information was, um, so what is my net worth? So take all of my debts, take all of my assets, all of the bank accounts, all of my credit cards, student loans, car payment, you know, whatever it is. Put those all on one piece of paper and if you add them all up, is that number positive or is it negative? And, you know, negative is not as good as positive, clearly, but then you've got a starting point and you know where you are coming from and you have an idea about where you want to go to. Also in this kind of questioning stage is how is what you do have set up? So for my example, I had a bunch of retirement accounts from different companies and I had been putting money into them for, you know, years, but I had no idea. So is that money invested in a fund at all? If it is invested in a fund, is it in a fund that has really good fees, like very low fees, or am I being charged a lot to even use that fund? Do I think that it's even a good fund to be in? You know, am I heavily stocks, whereas maybe I want to have a little bit of security and a little bit of bonds in there? Or is it invested at all? Is the money just sitting there in a money market fund and earning no interest? And that means then losing money in inflation over long periods of time. So it's really just getting the big picture of what you have going on at the moment. And then from there, you can work towards how you're going to move going forward. And honestly, this could even, I should say, be as basic as like, what accounts do I have? So a perfect example, as I was gathering all of these things, I thought that I had everything in a Fidelity account. So 
every company that I had worked for managed all of their retirement plans through Fidelity. So I could just go to the Fidelity website, see every account that I had, and they really kind of totaled everything for me. Or so I thought until I started actually looking at these things. And I realized that I had a pension plan from a company that I used to work for that I literally had no idea about. And that pension plan is going to pay me money monthly once I hit retirement age for the rest of my life. So I had no idea until I actually started looking at it. So these are all things to consider what you have going on, what you maybe have forgotten about, and really just getting it all into one place so that you can look at it and work on it to make it how you want it to look. And as I said, it really may not be a pretty picture when you very first look at it, but knowing what you've got is the best way to know how to move forward. And that really is step three. So from here, it's putting something in place, putting a plan in place so that you know how to grow your net worth over time and figure out what it is that you're trying to grow it to and what maybe you want to spend money on. Like, do you want to buy a house at some point? Do you need to pay for a wedding at some point? Do you want to have children at some point? All of these things are things to consider when it comes to like, how much money do I actually need? And so in that step two, when you're kind of applying the information to yourself, I think Getting all of that in one place is really key. So for me, it was putting everything on a spreadsheet. So I actually don't mind. I actually kind of like working with spreadsheets. And so gathering all of that information, literally listing every single fund within every account, what the fees are for that fund, and putting all of the relevant information into one place so that then I can look at it and see where do I need to make changes. And if you are not a spreadsheet geek like me, then worry not because there are some really cool tools out there that you can use like mint.com or personalcapital.com where they will literally let you just link all of your accounts directly and then they pull it all into one place. Now that said, if your accounts and you know everything is not exclusively US based, then those specific tools get a little bit more complicated. That's what I found to be the difficulty because having lived in the UK for quite a while and having had, you know, contributed to some retirement accounts there, then they couldn't take those into account at all. So if you don't live in the US or if you have multiple assets in different places, then maybe a spreadsheet is going to be better. And honestly, for me, that's what I found to be the case. But the, the main goal is getting everything in one place so that you have something single, you know, one page, really, ideally, to look at and say, what are the improvements that I can make here? And how can I set up my really day-to-day -day life? You know, how am I going to spend my money? Can I reduce my expenses? Do I need to reduce my expenses? Should I increase my expenses? You know, all of those things are part of setting up the day-to-day -day thing. And so that's what I'm going to talk about in the next episode, how I then thought about my living expenses, how I thought about my spending, how I figured out even how much money I'm trying to save in the long term. Financial independence means that you have income without having to work. But in order to do that, the money that you have, the big giant pot of money needs to generate enough income, whether that's through interest or investment appreciation it needs to be able to generate enough for you to live off of. So what is that amount that you need on an annual basis or a monthly basis or weekly basis even in order to do that? And how can you work towards it? So that's what next week is going to be about. And if you have any questions about any of this, please feel free to contact me. Uh, you can reach me on, on Twitter at startovercoder, or you can reach me by email at startovercoder at gmail.com. If you have any specific questions, I'm obviously more than happy to answer you directly, but also if there's something that is of interest to talk about in the podcast that maybe other people would 
maybe have questions based on what I've said in this episode, then send those to me as well. And then I can kind of address them next week. But overall, this financial independence thing, I think has really changed my life for the better. So I really do like talking about it and I really like sharing it. And I'm happy to answer any questions or link to other resources because obviously I am not a professional, but I've found many, many resources and many professionals who do have really excellent advice as well. So do check the show notes if you're interested in those and uh, you will find some more resources listed there. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode. As I said, you can leave a comment on the Start Overcoder website under this episode, or you can always tweet me at Start Overcoder. And if you like what you hear and want to stay with me on this journey of learning to code, starting a new career, and pursuing financial independence, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find me anywhere podcasts are available, just about anywhere, or you can visit startovercoder.com slash subscribe for some of the big ones linked there. And that's all for this time. Signing off.